0: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Dear Ruby Podcast. I am your host Ruby Ahmed Hawk, and along with my co-host Bo Humphreys, Dear Ruby aims to answer all your personal finance questions. Those questions could be about retirement, student debt, should you buy that new car or get a used model? Or how much is my divorce, your divorce, going to cost? Nothing is off the table. Since the start of the pandemic, we have been laser-focused on all the ways the economic slowdown and the gentle recovery caused by COVID-19 is affecting your money. Canadians have a lot of questions about all the emergency benefits brought in to help Canadians financially, and we are here to answer them to the best of our ability. This week, we will break down all the big news stories of the week and how they affect your pocketbook and answer a couple of your personal finance questions. You can always reach us and ask your questions at DearRuby.com, D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com, or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, Bo. Hey, Rubina. How are you this week? It's been a weird week for me because we're starting to get the kids ready to go back to school. Wondering how you're doing uh, with your little one.
1: Um, Yeah, Henry's good. Uh, He fell on his face a couple of (laughs) days ago. So he's (laughs) got a big, uh, he's got a big sort of scratch on his fat lip yesterday. And, and uh, he had a a bit of a hard time uh, sleeping in the day yesterday. But uh, he's good. You know, it's just what's what happens. You know, he's... uh, He's, heading, uh, he's 19 months now, um, and uh, I'm almost at the point where I don't talk in months, right? Once you hit, what, two years? you can. If you talk in months, you sound crazy, right?
0: Well, yeah, then you can say, he just <laughs> turned two, or he just, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm two 44 and in X amount of months. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really
1: matter. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm, I'm 100 months, uh, uh, yeah. 300 months old.
0: Well, I think in the beginning, you know, month to month, things are so different. Like a six-month-old is very different than an eight-month-old. And so it's really important to be specific. But then as they get, like, you'll notice, like... Now the changes are not as um, exaggerated, and they're not as they're not happening as quickly um, it's because you know once he learns to walk, uh, he's going to be just walking faster. He's not going to be doing you know he's not going to all of a sudden be flying after that or anything. And that's so how he
1: falls on his face. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, well, I just took him for his his last um, immunization uh, booster uh, until he's like. Uh, four, I think, I think oh that's okay, the next like so eighteen months, and then there 's a big break, I think uh, maybe it 's three, but i i i 'll check the thing, but it 's not for a while, and uh we actually had to go into the doctor, which it was uh you know all had to be done very scheduled, and it felt like the amazing race I had to uh, finish work early, go to daycare, uh, get him out of there because they have to clean him up, and, and it 's just everything 's like i can 't just rush in and grab him, right everything 's celeste go by procedure and I can't just you know rush into the office I have to have an appointment and you know there's there's, all of the things are much more um, regulated these days and so it's really hard to improvise on anything so it's all got to be really scheduled and and you know something to keep in mind but also only things like uh, shots or things that are physical contact need uh, actual uh, trip to the doctor Uh, Mm -hmm. everything else can be done over the phone right and why not Yeah, right. We should we should have been doing that
0: already. Yeah, there's so many things now during the pandemic that we're learning to do more efficiently. Um, I know it's a little bit of a learning curve for a lot of people. You know, my own doctor was not really happy with how much she now has to do do online. But when you when you when you sort of just not give in, I don't think that's the word, but when you start to understand that things can be done more efficiently, that person that you're now seeing online, as long as you're doing it safely, doesn't have to get in their car or get on a bus and spend money and put, you know, um, emissions into the air, all those things that happen with people moving around a lot. They now obviously save time, so they might have an extra hour in the day that they can do something else. So there's so many added benefits of just doing things um, uh, virtually, um, definitely doing things from home that I think we're going to carry over even when the pandemic is over. And that includes the way that we see our doctor. Although I love going to see my doctor because she's been I've had the same doctor since I was a teenager. So it's kind of like going to see a friend in some way. But I can see how you know, like going to, you know, some appointments, I would just way rather do them over the phone or in a video conference and get it over with and not have to, you know, spend hours getting to wherever I need to go.
1: Exactly. And technology is going to catch up, especially with like, if there's a way to do a, a checkup after something happened, maybe you can connect your vitals to, the, you know, with a USB thing, and they can read them, right? If that's all they got to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that we can. I'm sure people have that already for monitoring certain uh, at-home conditions, right? And and know, uh, I know just because uh, uh, of the amount of time it's been around, you know, the technology around diabetes has is, is, uh, improved over the, uh, the decades, right? Just you know, the fact that somebody can have a little implant in them and make their mm-hmm. life easier, harder, but easier. But it was hard anyway. So, like, there's, there's ways if, if demand is there or if it makes it safer. Um, we just didn't have a reason for a lot of this stuff before, did mm-hmm.
0: we? Mm-hmm. And speaking of safer, um one thing that is becoming safer is for a lot of Canadians to go back into the workforce. Um obviously, mm-hmm. uh, maintaining all of those health uh, you know, keeping in mind rather all those health guidelines of maintaining some physical dist- distance of 6 feet, uh wearing a mask when you can't, uh washing your hands. So all those things that we've been learning about for the last 6 months. And so uh StatsCan did report that we added another almost quarter of a million jobs, um, in the month of August. And that's added to more than, uh, I can't remember the exact number for the month of July, but, uh, something like, uh, we've, or we've come back. Um, we lost 4 million jobs from the pandemic and now uh, we are sorry. now um, at a point where we're only about a million away from getting back to where we were before the pandemic started. So we've been adding, you know, we've been adding hundreds of thousands of jobs um in the last couple of months. And that, of course, uh, is helping bring our unemployment rate down. Our employment unemployment rate in August is now 10.2 percent, down from 10.9 percent. Um, a lot of those jobs, though, are, you know, those jobs that are minimum wage, going back into the restaurants and the hotels, people who simply their industry was just decimated, was shut down. Uh, yeah. In many cases, um, you know, there was just nowhere they could actually go to work. Now some of those people are being called back. And that's why we're seeing those job numbers come up again. But, you know, I really am um, adamant in saying, like, do not call this a recovery. Do not call this a comeback. I call this just catching your breath because I really think that's what's happening right here
1: well in and, and um you know, as you know, I hear from people every week and uh in my counseling sessions and I just heard from somebody last week and and he's in the construction business and commercial right, and that's apparently it's very specialized and it's hard to pivot to residential or your experience and whatever right so maybe residentials continuing more than commercial, but a lot of a lot of commercial stuff he actually had to move to another city and uh Try to use up all the savings that he had from the first six months of the year. Uh, you know, he uh, he's still having trouble getting by, and uh, you know I don't. You don't think about that for for you think construction's still going on, right? But that a lot of people still don't have enough work. And he said, if you don't have a truck, the the construction company's not going to hire you, right? So it's like they're they're able to uh, pick and choose, and so like y- only the people that have the tools already. Because mm-hmm. there's so many people looking for work, so that mm-hmm. that was a bit of a, a um, eye opener for me, just to know that okay, this person has a lot of experience, and the, this industry is not decimated; it's just reduced. But the the idea being that there's still so many people without jobs.
0: There's so many people without jobs, and many people are coming back. Um, Yes, they've had CERB and yes, they've been able to access different government benefits that have emergency benefits that have been announced, but many of them are coming back with a lot of debt and many of them are now also worried about a possible second wave of COVID and what that may do to their industry. So. Already there is, you know, concern about what's going to happen when the patios shut down and people start to eat inside again, or just generally we start to go more inside. You know, I went to the mall for the first time this week since March. I haven't been to a mall at all. Um, we just happened to be at a store that's connected to a mall and we thought, okay, sure. we'll just have a little walk around. Everyone is wearing masks, but it's still quite busy, you know, and it's only going to get busier. And all those things are just going to become more high risk areas for people to go to. And eventually, a health official is going to say that that's not safe. And so all those people, then again, are out of work. So um, you know, to put into perspective, our labor force is about 20 million strong before the pandemic, and currently there's 18 million and some odd people working. So there's still, you know, two million people that are still out of work that had work before the pandemic started, just less than two million, and That's those a lot. people. Be- many of them are not even being counted in the unemployment data because many of them have just decided to stop looking for work. And as you know, unemployment numbers are based on uh, the m- number of people that are looking for work rather than the number of people that can work. So if I decide to just get, get out of the workforce and be a stay at home mom, I'm no longer counted in that number, even though maybe yeah. there was a time where I wanted to be working, but I just got frustrated with the economy and stopped looking for a job. So, um, that is, that's pretty staggering to think that there were still 2 million away from being where we were, uh, before the pandemic started.
1: And, uh, on the note about, um, you know, people having to go inside it, just this morning, we went to a patio restaurant and, and, uh, for, for breakfast and the, uh, most people were inside because of all the wasps that we realized were coming to, to hunt us, uh, once our food came. Um and the waitress uh, told us after that, mm-hmm. of course. And uh, you have a baby ba- and you're like, I don't want a wasp yeah. to like, like probably bad my for baby. business to say, yeah, there's a lot of wasps out here. Um <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she should have, maybe she shouldn't have. I, I I let that go, it didn't matter. Um mm-hmm. but if wasps are enough to keep people inside, then of course snow and cold. Um there's the patios yeah, the the there's gonna be a lot of people inside the bathrooms or something that is a, of interest to me, like how is that going to be managed? Um, that's, you know, what? Can, first of all, try not to use a bathroom at a restaurant, but a mm-hmm. lot of times you need to. And so you go in there and somebody was just there and somebody's touching the things that you're touching. And maybe we need some more uh, um, education on that too. I, I think there's a lot of education or re-education that needs to be done because uh, I don't know that our, um, you know, sanitation procedures were that great to begin with. You know, if you look at uh, rest stops and, Things like that, the, the places that have the worst bathrooms. Um, so, you know, if that's not great, then now how much disease is probably sitting on all of that stuff? Uh, the, the subway. You ever use the bathroom in the subway?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I wouldn't use the bathroom in the subway, even if it wasn't a pandemic, unless I really had to. Uh, but I see what you're saying. I mean, even though we are grossed out by the bathroom, because obviously we go in there and we go to the washroom, and that's, you know, obviously yeah. not something that we want to witness, and uh, yeah. uh, we it's a private thing that everybody does. And exactly. so we are often very focused on, like, what's... But, I mean, it generally speaking, door handles, light Everything. switches, um, the bar that you hold for the, the bus or the train when you're rocking, you know, go along on your on your day uh, maybe you touch some a surface that someone just happened to sneeze on a few minutes before mm-hmm. um, so it's not just you know going into a place that and I think that in some ways bathrooms will be over sanitized because there is so much concern about that but it's the yeah. other stuff that other worries places
1: me. just doorways mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's been automated in a lot of high-traffic places probably for that reason already, Mm -hmm. right? So let's keep doing that, and the automation industries need to step up and... You know, figure things out because that's that's where this is coming, right? We don't want to all have to use those the new hooks and 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 the, the knob turner things that they have out there, that so you don't have to touch everything. Let's make it so we don't have to touch. Let's uh, make a Star Trek world. You know, let's keep going with it. The grocery stores have had it for so long. Let's have all doors like that, right? Mm-hmm, Why not? Mm-hmm. Why do we always have to turn? Uh, sometimes the worst, dirty doorknobs that you could ever imagine just to get into a place
0: <laughs> exactly and you know like my kids go to the grocery store they walk and they like drag their hands across all the stuff so i'm assuming every kid does that even yeah. though i'm constantly telling them not to and then they take that hand and they put it on their face right even with the mask their eyes and ears are still ex- exposed i mean the mask really is to protect other people from them they can still get the virus into their bodies if they you know rub their eye right after exactly. um and and so there's like I how much can we I mean we can stop going out of course like we did in March we can stop taking our kids anywhere like I did for most of you know the pandemic uh, only recently have I started taking them out because they have to get ready for school they have to see and what their new reality is that's
1: that's the next thing you uh, on the list right the, the yeah schools, so that schools so, are opening
0: so schools are opening I've talked to you a little Two bit days. about my anxiety yeah well our school is opening oh, uh September 14th okay, so this so week no- is going to be um One day they're going to go in for orientation. They're bringing in half the kids one day, and then half the kids the next day, Hmm. because it is going to be a new normal, and they want to make sure kids are ready for you know making sure they walk in one flow, one direction, you know, so the flow of they don't cross each other's paths like they walk, you know, like when you go to the grocery store now. There's arrows, same thing.
1: Um,
0: Hand hand hygiene, making sure that uh, kids know how important it is, how to wear your mask, all those things. so, yeah, they're going to be going in one day this week and then they start full time with everybody on Monday. But my um, my thinking is, is that we're going to be in a pretty uh, similar situation to March coming by November because there's going to be outbreaks. A health minister is going to say, you know, they're the ones that kind of were beholden to them. They're going to say it's not safe for kids to go to school. And then we're going to have to think of a new way to get our kids educated for that time being.
1: So we're, we're getting early reports from Quebec. Is that is that where they've already done this?
0: Yeah. So in Quebec, schools have been open now for a week, and they're already okay. seeing, uh, they're not calling it an outbreak, but they've seen one case of COVID-19. I mean, but it just has to start with one. Um, in in you
1: 46 know, school, The 46 schools have at least one case of COVID. Is that what Exactly.
0: And so if that, you know, that one case is what they've now detected, I mean, other people might be carriers and they're passing it on to other people and no one is, you know, you have to test people to know whether they have COVID or not. Um, But I think even in that first week, we're seeing cases start to, start to percolate. Um, And I think that, you know, even if you look to Europe, there, there has been so many examples of how schools have started and then they've had to close down because there's been an outbreak Mm -hmm. or there's been, you know, in some cases, even in, uh, I think, I think it was in Toronto uh, some t- teacher already tested positive, so they're going to yeah, be quarantined.
1: Yeah. Was it uh, was it Halton?
0: Was it Halton? Oh, maybe it was Halton. Yeah. So there's that's two you, things. Right? There's, yeah, it's me. So there's two <laughs> ways I think about that. One, good that that teacher was tested and not sure. exposed to kids, right? Like, obviously, that's a good thing. But two, look how vulnerable you, we all are, right? Like, even when we're trying to get ready for this, there's somebody who has COVID-19 that is in the system that could very well have not gotten tested, and then started teaching kids starting this week.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I wish we didn't need uh, uh, explicit reminders like this mm-hmm. that it's still out there. But that's you know we need to pay attention to this. And I don't want it to be kids who are the ones who who uh, make us remember. Um, you know, one kid in a school, sure, right? It's I, I don't know what that means. Everybody around that person, I'm sure they have very specific policies that they've already told you about, right? in terms of what, what happens if somebody in the class has this or that, mm-hmm. um, are you like going to have to be ready to be home with your kids for two weeks? Is yeah. How, so there's,
0: yeah. Two, yeah. So there's two things that we have to sign off on. Mm-hmm. One is that we will check every morning their temperature, yeah. make sure that they have no symptoms, And all the other stuff that goes along with just making sure that you have to
1: do that, not not uh, the school.
0: No, we have we are we are okay. Yeah, we have to do that. So we uh,
1: we get a a a, a zap uh, from the temperature checker uh, when we're in daycare.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably because it's private and because he's a baby. Yeah, but with schools, it would just be overwhelming for teachers. Too much for them. Yeah, check the temperatures every day. Okay. Uh, so we have to do that, and then we also have to sign that we if somebody is available to pick their kids up immediately. Now, I don't know what immediate wow. means, because obviously uh-huh. I'm not standing at the school waiting to pick them Seriously. up. Seriously, Like, do I get 15 minutes to get there? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> uh, but immediately, if they come down with COVID-19 symptoms. So, oh. uh, yeah, that's going to be my reality. All of uh... And most kids get sniffles in October. My kids always get sick in October. Right. They get whatever virus is out there, and then they're fine for the rest of the year. So...
1: He had a cold for like he we he started daycare at, at uh, almost uh, a year right he was well he just passed a year um, mm-hmm. no just before a year started January mm-hmm. and he was born February first so he was sick like for three months like straight like just always coughing and, and definitely running nose all the time if that's enough to get him out like I might as well just uh, quit my job now you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> because uh, what's the point right Kayla's gonna finish medical school that's that's just what's gonna happen right mm-hmm. and and. uh um, you know, I could, I could technically work, do some work because I'm working from home, mm-hmm. but with him here, I got to be on, right? I can't,
0: you can't really do deep work with kids, no, right? Like can't have you, meetings. Yeah. Even like, even yeah, if counseling. you put your kid on a device, like say you have older kids, you're like, just watch a movie or stay on your device. There's still that anxiety of knowing that your kids are on a device that doubt yeah. that really does, does hinder your ability to do good work. Um, So that's something that I think people sometimes misunderstand about work from home parents is that, oh, well, you work from home so you can totally watch your kids. I'm like, no, because watching kids doesn't mean putting them yeah. in front of a device. No. And then when they're in front of a device, you don't feel settled. So you can't do good work because you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I've just put them in front of the television. That's terrible, right? And they um, react
1: to us doing things. If they were doing something, that means they're going to come. They know that we're not paying attention to them if we're doing something, right? We, it's almost like a, a the trigger. It's like, oh, if you want your kids to stop playing by themselves, do something important. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, exactly. And then exactly. They'll, they'll come right out it. <laughs> 100%, 100%.
0: Start, or just, like, making they'll, dinner or They'll hit their something. face. and Yeah, yeah. exactly. They'll, yeah. <laughs> the, something will happen
1: where you are needed, if so, it just you can't have anything as you know, you can't have anything uh, consequential happening. Mm-hmm. You can try to do little bits of this and that, but mm-hmm. you know, you're not doing your heavy work until days like today, right? Until mm-hmm. uh, doing actual productive work, mm-hmm. you might be able to get other work in, but you couldn't say to someone, Oh, I get it done by this day. You could, you couldn't make that promise,
0: yeah. No, I because I don't know whether. One of my kids is going to be, you know, off in in a bad mood and they need me more or like cranky and like or just not feeling well or whatever. People don't understand
1: that. They don't get it. They don't understand that sometimes it's great. He's playing by himself for hours, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. he naps for two hours. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, like yesterday, he was just so upset and he he was screaming and he needed me, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, tried to make, uh, tried to wash dishes, tried to make dinner, Mm -hmm. can get it done. You
0: know? I remember there was, I mean, you know, sometimes you have these days in your lives, in your life that you just remember <clears throat> forever. And I remember sure, this is yeah. when Sama was, um, I think she was like, she was probably six or seven months, not very, not very old. And um, I had a bunch of bills that I had to pay, but even doing that felt overwhelming with the baby, like kind of cooing yeah. in the background. And she went down for a nap at, I think like one, and I just didn't wake her and she stayed sleeping till about four, four thirty And wow. I guess she needed the nap. <laughs> Um, and I got all my work done. And when I woke up, I was like this calm, energized mom that felt like I not only had been able to sit down and pay my bills and update my, like I have a little ledger, like I just kind of update on my Excel spreadsheet, everything that's been done, all these things that sort of... Uh, If I don't do them, they start to affect my mood. Yes. um, Especially if they start to pile up, and so I'd done all of that, and then also had a like a quick minute to just go through the house and clean everything up, and if anything needed to be put away, I got to put it away. I did a laundry. I just did things that I normally can't do that quickly. Exactly. And when she woke up, it was like everything was done, and I can just spend time with you now. And And not that I'm
1: rested, well rested too. And she's well rested. She's in a better mood. It all just adds up, right?
0: Yeah, I actually took a photo that day. I remember, I'm not on Instagram <laughs> anymore, but I put it on Instagram and I said, um, after a three-hour nap, both mom and daughter are very happy or something exactly. like that. Yeah. And yeah.
1: and But you can't count on it. That's the You can't count it. on you it. it count and it just happened
0: it. that I was able to get into work quickly too, because sometimes when she was napping, I would feel very anxious thinking, oh, at any moment she's going to wake up. Yeah. So this day I just – I don't I even just, b-
1: try sometimes. I don't even bother. I just, yeah. you know, I'm just going to chill, right? For this yep. time. That's what I feel sometimes. But yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah uh, as you should. People need to understand how important uh, daycare and school, or if not, if, if school ends up not being safe, let's build something else, uh, more childcare. Because if they want the economy to keep working the way it's working, they need parents. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's just how it goes, right?
0: Mm hmm um the last thing i wanted to talk about which we didn't get to last week because we took a week off uh because both of us were feeling a little overwhelmed um I yeah. think that really speaks to you know what's been happening during the pandemic bo and sure. i without getting into too many uh particulars uh, both of us i think are just feeling a bit overwhelmed about different things happening and sometimes it's good just to say you know what i i just yeah, can't do we'll it i just break. can't do yeah. it yeah
1: self-care right that's self-care. Uh, yeah And hey, if you missed us last week, let us know. Just so we know that we would like to be missed.
0: (laughs) I did get an email nicely this week from Podbean saying we've had a thousand downloads of Dear Ruby. So that's kind of nice to see. Yeah, Yeah, You know, for something that we haven't been... Yeah, we haven't been promoting it that <laughs> that that, uh, that um, aggressively, and to get a thousand downloads, it's pretty nice. It's pretty that's good.
1: That's nice. Yeah, I've been seeing them kind of crop, uh, you know, come in uh, little by little as the as the weeks go on, and that's that's nice, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, you the what we didn't get to last week. Was we didn't get to savings, CERB and originally right? I oh, just CERB. wanted to yeah. yeah.
0: originally I just wanted to talk about the fact that CERB is ending. Yes. Yes. Um. So very 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 high level. I mean, it's been covered very well in the media. I think most people are aware now. Serb. Is the last four-week period is August 30th to the end of September, whatever the four weeks is, I believe September 26th. And after that, if you are still on CERB and you have been unable to find a job, you will I will either be transitioned to EI. And if you don't qualify for EI, uh say you work in the gig economy and you don't make up the insured hours, then you will be transferred to a new benefit. It's called a recovery benefit, which could last it it can last up to twenty six weeks, four hundred dollars a week. So again, a little bit less money than CERB, but still, this is now what but the government is offering. Money,
1: right, you can make thirty eight grand a year, right, on the the CRB. Isn't that you the can, new one?
0: Um, well, on on the new recovery benefit, yeah, yeah you can yeah. make some money. Exactly, yeah. So it, there is um some flexibility with the benefits. There has also been with CERB, you can make you could have made a thousand dollars a month uh, yeah. collecting CERB. Um, You know, again, I always say go to the Canada.ca website. But the the news this week was that uh, the the last CERB payment was late. And a lot of people were worried that something happened because um, they actually extended CERB for another four weeks. So you can now uh, collect up to seven weeks as rather seven periods of four weeks. So that's 28 weeks in total. And so I think some people got the impression that maybe they didn't qualify for that or they, or they
1: misunderstood. Yeah. Misunderstood it's it. Easy yeah. Because it's all so complicated and, you know, changing know. every minute. They change it all the time. So did I get something wrong? But really, and, and it's hard to get a hold of the CRA anyway. Ah. Uh, what a frustrating time for people so, who are relying on this.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it was a few days late. A spokesperson for the CRA said the agency was being, quote, overly cautious and making sure payments are going to eligible recipients. Because as uh, we know that there was a cyber attack on the CRA earlier this month. And one of the things that those uh, those hackers did was apply for CERB payments yeah. uh, from people who didn't want them or didn't need them. And uh, have those payments deposited into their accounts rather than obviously the person's account who never even knew. I actually um, went on to my CRA account to make sure no one applied for me because I I have not applied for CERB. Oh, and I should uh, do my, that too. Yeah. yeah, just to double check. I think it's always good to go to your my account and check once a month if you can okay, you know, uh, to see month, oh, okay. um, what's going on. Yeah, because they've got all your up-to-date tax information. Um, so if you know if you, the CERB questions just keep coming. I mean, people are just so curious about what's going to happen and how money how they're going to manage their money, and um, they have so many questions about even just about CERB still. So if you have any, please dearruby.com, D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com, d e a r r u b i dot com send us a, a question about CERB or anything else to do with your money, and we're going to try to answer it to the best of our ability.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it's, it's also. I just want everyone to be okay, you know. Just after talking to a couple of people last week, and uh, who you know, the CERB is ending, and okay, this new thing because they're only working say half hours mm-hmm. now, right? So maybe they're back, but they don't—they're not getting the pay they used to get, and they're having to pay back things that were deferred, which is all coming to a, a, a head right now. Mm-hmm. And so I just—I'm worried about a bunch of people um, because. This is something that people usually don't have to go this long. No one expected this to be a seven-month thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. the government never thought it would be that mm-hmm. that much that they'd have to uh, put out, right? Yeah. So um,
0: the 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 one thing that the unexpected—I don't know if you want to call it a silver lining—but unexpected data that came out of uh, the pandemic is that in the second quarter, Canadians were saving almost 28 percent of their paycheck. Um, that -hmm. is unbelievable considering our rates have been below 7% forever. In some cases, you know, there was times where Canadians were only saving about 2% of their after-tax income. And so because of the pandemic and so many, uh, I like to call them extracurriculars being shut down, like restaurants and entertainment and activities for your kids, all being sort of just grounded to a halt, there was really not many places to spend money. And so Canadians were able to save more, but again, Uh, Those Canadians who kept their jobs, those Canadians who were able to work from home and now all of a sudden are saving money because they're not commuting and not spending money after work and not having to get their suits dry cleaned and all that stuff that really uh, affects those um, more uh, higher paying white collar jobs. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like the affluence there. So it's like you still have the same amount of money coming in, but you don't have the opportunity to spend it. And it was probably extra money anyway. Uh, that you didn't don't need to live meanwhile people who need money to live are not getting it and the Serb is running out and I was thinking when you were talking about this earlier this was a way for um, you know this our, our society to redistribute income right mm-hmm. by spending money in places that creates jobs for uh, for other people mm-hmm. and now we're just keeping it for ourselves so the the uh, the rich get richer um, mm-hmm. this is how you know wealth is uh, is kept in one place, and, and uh, you know, people aren't taking that savings now and, and giving it to people, right? It's yeah. not like, oh, I don't need it, so I'm going to give it to someone. No, because not, we're not set up to do that, right? But mm-hmm. we were set up to do it before. If you think about it, spending money in our community, spending money on things, spending money on services and people is our way to give to others uh, that, we, uh, that was a socially acceptable, socially built-up way of doing this, And without that, we don't have an infrastructure that's common and socially acceptable to spread our wealth around. And so now it's remaining where it it originated. And that's not good for uh, um, a society. It's good for the people who have the money only.
0: Yeah and so for the, those well-off people who are now not spending their money in restaurants or on vacations or having someone come in their home to clean it or yes, teach yeah. their child piano or all these things that were just completely shut down um the you know well-off people aren't spending that money right now and that money is not going into the pockets of lower paid people so those people are yeah. now the ones that are now collecting CERB and doing other things to get money because that money that normally flowed from the well-off to the not-so-well-off has completely stopped. and it's coming from um, the government. Now. Yeah, and, and now it's coming and from the government. And we're going
1: to all have to pay it back in taxes, right? And, and that's, you know, th- that's really how it goes, right? Either the government gives money to support and then we pay higher taxes mm-hmm. or we uh, create a society where we can build jobs and people don't you know, need as much from the government. Th- yeah. those are the two options and we we had a balance before right we had a we were probably in the middle right mm-hmm. it wasn't a fully governmental supported uh, uh country or fully sort of redistributed uh, by by people who were making money and and, and spending it locally mm-hmm. we were in the middle but now we're kind of skewed to the the capitalist uh, side as opposed to the uh socialist side Ye-
0: yeah I mean and really this 28% number is um over it's over um representative of the people who have more money. I think if you went into yeah. certain neighborhoods or asked certain um uh, people uh who were already making, you know, um, a lower income salary, they would be like, "No, I am not saving anything close to That's that." That's right. Yeah, they would uh, be saying that. You know, just to put in perspective, before the pandemic, Canadians saved 2 to 3% of their disposable income, but that jumped to 28.2% in the second quarter and this is according to a statistician uh, from the economic statistics at statistics canada uh, so coming from a real true source uh, not you know not someone just sitting there and, and, and actually crunching the number uh, it's not someone just crunching the numbers that they get this is actual number from stats can um, but really that sort of pot of cash that's sitting there uh, that money should really have been flowing back into those lower income communities and into jobs that were often minimum wage or just above in the form of um, not just their salaries, but also tips that we give, um, also services that we, we, we take advantage of. Um, if you are in that more well-off um, economic status, now that money is being spent to pay down their debt or save into their investments accounts. And really, you know, again, the rich getting richer, again, another example in the pandemic.
1: And I don't know if people realized that that, that was a, an important thing that they were doing, spending their money to create jobs or to, to support jobs that existed to provide the services that they that maybe didn't need, but mm-hmm. it was giving people uh, uh, something that they could do. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's, it's the, if you ever watch Downton Abbey, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the idea is, look, like why, why do they need all these people? It's not necessarily that they need all of them. They can afford all these people, and these people need work. And so, yeah, sure, maybe they don't need 30 people uh, taking care of their house, right? I mean, uh, in the later seasons, they didn't have as many people. Uh, but that means when, you know, it, there aren't other jobs necessarily waiting for people, right? And so it's like, I, sure, you can clean the house yourself, absolutely. But not only maybe could you uh, have a, a better use of your time or have some time to yourself, that's more valuable than the money that you pay somebody else, but you're paying them money and they would like that money because they're willing to do the work and, and it works out for everyone. You didn't need that money to survive. They do. You have a, a more relaxed experience or relaxed life. So you can make more money, be more creative and redistribute. It's all one big cycle. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and we need to remember that that's what this is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just like, you know, make all the money that you possibly can and do everything yourself and you're independent in this world. It's not. It's a, a community. Right. yeah that's, that's important we, we,
0: no one no one exists uh, no one's an island as you know we no. often hear uh, and that includes uh, you know when you think of someone you know I worked hard to get all my money well not really right you you worked hard but you were born into a situation or in a country or had the right connections or had the yeah. right skin color or the there's right gender
1: other factors it's yeah not, or the right point of view yeah work hard, working hard has to be in there yes mm-hmm. but there's so many people that work hard and get nowhere because they have no access to things and they might work hard and not get a wage that even supports their daily life Mm -hmm. and that's something that hopefully gets addressed more and more because of all this is happening and uh, people's eyes are more open about that too Mm -hmm. having living wages right that's that's something that we can talk about more in the future too
0: for sure, Bo. It's been a it's been such a pleasure to talk to you this week. I'm glad we took a, a week off. It, I feel like we were re energized. Yeah, and had, you know, I think had so just too. sort of a yeah. And, and you know, it's September to me, even though people go on about New Year's, September to me really is. Um, It's the beginning. It's the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, January to me is when I'm just kind of climbing my way out of, you know, that funk that we seem to get into over Christmas with money and just too much indulging. And January to me is kind of a month to chill out. September to me is like, I'm energized. I've had a summer to soak up the sun and now I'm ready to face the world. I really feel like September is my New Year's Day rather than uh, January 1st. September 1st is my New Year's Day rather than January 1st.
1: (laughs) Well let's keep that roll going and, and uh and pick it up again next week.
0: Perfect. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with us, they can by going to our website at dearruby.com, D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com. You can email us a question or you can send us one by recording it and emailing us that recording. We'll play it on the show if you do that. Um, as well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dear Ruby podcast, and that way uh, we can see uh, what you're asking and uh, we can try to answer your questions that way as well. I've always got my eyes peeled I've, on uh, all different social media channels to see what people are talking about and sometimes I just pick can choose questions and answer them anyways even if you didn't ask me directly it's been a great uh a great uh, podcast bow um have a great week and um, i'll talk to you next sunday
1: you next sunday